Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today's September 17th, 2019. We got a game Sunday. It feels like forever. I know. Like, the games this weekend were, I mean, they were okay, but Sunday just didn't feel right. No, I wasn't as into it. No, we were both sitting there kind of like, meh. Let's watch the Bucks again. Pretty much what we did. Yeah. Fact check and follow-ups. Fact check. Are the Panthers moving to South Carolina? And what was that bill passed by the legislature? So I had said I thought the employees got tax breaks. Of course, that was too good to be true. The Panthers organization gets a break on their payroll taxes. That was the tax break. But it's contingent on them using the tax break on building their new facility. Another follow-up, the Tom Brady diet. It's called the TB12 method. TB12? That's what he called it. Now, critics point out that it's unnecessarily complex unsustainable in the long term and not really supported by science. Didn't that just describe every single diet out there? Yeah, I think so. It blends principles of the alkaline, Mediterranean, and anti-inflammatory diets and emphasizes organic, locally grown, minimally processed foods. So it's 80% organically grown fruits, vegetables, whole grains, nuts, seeds, and legumes. The remaining 20% comes from grass-fed, organic, antibiotic, and hormone-free lean meats and wild-caught fish or seafood. So, a yuppie diet, like (laughs) I said. It has an extensive list of foods to avoid due to being acidifying or pro-inflammatory, which includes dairy, nightshade vegetables. Do you know what the hell that is? Vegetables that grow at night in the shade? (laughs) Most oils, as well as soy, GMO, or gluten-containing foods. So it's gluten-free as well. Well, I could understand avoiding the soy. They also... You avoid sugars, artificial sweeteners, trans fats, caffeine. Ugh, could never do it. MSG, alcohol, iodized salts, and they say fruits should not be combined with other foods. Why? (laughs) I don't know. It just seems a little arbitrary, (laughs) but... And then you avoid eating high-protein foods like meat or fish together with carb-rich foods like brown rice or sweet potatoes. What difference? I don't know. I can't not eat... Meat and carbs together. I love my meat and carbs. You can do this diet. Meat and potato. No, I couldn't do this. I wouldn't want to do this diet. (laughs) You know, this is a diet for somebody that's extremely wealthy, probably has somebody make all of his food for Oh, absolutely. Like, here's all the rules you need to follow when you prepare my meals. I mean, you can't possibly... You know how much time in the day it would take to figure all this crap out? There's no way he does that. I mean, some people do, but that's what they do all day. Right. They weigh their food and they... They have to go to special places to buy it, and it's a it's way too much effort for me. Yeah, and that was one of the criticisms, was it was unnecessarily complex. You said you should half your body weight in pounds and drink that many ounces of water daily. However, avoid drinking water with or around a meal. See, that's another thing I couldn't do, because i got to drink my water while I eat. It It is nuts. Oh, and there's also you should avoid eating within three hours of going to bed. That was... That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I guess... But, you know, in my 
half a century being alive, we have gone through everything. Everything I've ever eaten has been bad at one point, or it's been extremely good at one point. Yeah, I can remember in the 90s, maybe 2000s, it was like cholesterol and saturated fat. That and was, milk. Was it, like, was it milk bad in the... Probably. I don't I, know. I think it was the early about. 2000s. I can't remember. And then the Adkins diet became a big thing in the late 90s, mid to late 90s, I think, where it was avoid all carbs, eat as much of everything else that you want. Right. People, people dropped a lot of weight off of it that stuck to it. Oh, yeah. You could drop a lot of weight. Dropping weight's easy, but like the critics said with this, it's sticking to this stuff that's the hard yeah. part. It's kind of like working out. You know, like I've said, it, it's not really what you do. It's just the fact that you do it. You know, the reason why most people, a lot of people are overweight is because, you know, we have a sedentary lifestyle now. Find something you like to do and do it. It's just a matter of us just not ever doing anything. And get off the damn couch. Get up off the chair and away from the computer go do something go throw some football or frisbee when was the last time you've gone out with a group of friends and actually did a physical never activity? because but, women you know, women don't do that that's true that's true <laughs> so that's it for the fact check and follow-ups let's move on to some news this week the games weren't that good but they were good for some injuries <laughs> if you like injuries if this you was like a great injuries week. this was your week drew Brees has a thumb injury going to require surgery he'll probably be out six weeks you know i had talked about at the beginning of the season you know watching all the saints preseason games i said look it's it's it ain't gonna be that much of a drop off if drew Brees gets hurt or can't play for some reason because teddy bridgewater is right behind him and he looked really sharp in the preseason but then right behind teddy bridgewater is that Taysom hill that guy's phenomenal he looks just like drew Brees. he plays like drew Brees, except he's bigger stronger and faster then watching the game after Drew Brees got hurt and Teddy Bridgewater come in, he didn't look all that great. I mean, it wasn't horrible, but he didn't look all that great. So I'm, And also, Bridgewater's got a history of injury. So I'm wondering how long it's going to be before they've got Hill in there as a starting quarterback. Hopefully not week five. I know, right? Good Lord, I don't want to play against that guy. Right, Teddy Bridgewater. I can deal with Teddy we Bridgewater. We can deal with him. I mean, even Taysom Hill, we, never, we don't know how he's going to handle a full game. That guy plays like every position. He plays <laughs> on special teams. He's a receiver. He's a running back. He blocks. I don't know if I've ever heard of a third-string quarterback playing special teams. He's on the punt team. He's on the kick team. And, you know, the guy could – I mean, he's just a phenomenal athlete. There's not a whole lot of film on him. So, you know, if we did have to play him, it would be a crapshoot. Another division opponent, Cam Newton. He he's his, hurt again. He hurt his sissy bone, I heard. <laughs> It's that foot was re-aggravated, so he is not practicing this week. I don't know what's going to happen. He twisted it in his high heels when he was putting on a scarf. Oh, stop. <laughs> he was He was trying on some outfits and twisted his foot. Trying to strut down the runway. <laughs> he probably does have a little runway in his house. Oh, what a nut job. And then this has no implications for us, but Ben Roethlisberger hurt his elbow. He is out for the season. He's got to have surgery. It was so the weird. The Steelers are just a mess. It was weird seeing Roethlisberger and Breeze go down. I mean, they've been a staple of the NFL for 15 years plus. It's about time for the old guard to move out, the new guard to come in. We got the Patrick Mahomesies, Mahomes, Mahomies, Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson, lighting it up in Baltimore. James Winston. Yeah, he's a little older. He's a tweener. You got to figure when Ben and Drew Brees stop playing Tom Brady, then it's like Matt Ryan's going to be the seasoned veteran. Oh, that's interesting. 
I would say Eli Manning's up there too, but guess what? He got benched. Ooh. You know he's got a no trade clause in his contract. So they just keep benching him. I guess so. <laughs> that was till he asks for a trade or he retires. That was one of the biggest jerk moves I've ever seen when that the coach or GM where it was. I think it was two years ago. McAdoo. McAdoo benched him. The guy had never missed a game. They benched him. I think they benched him for a week and a half just to put the other quarterback in and. I read an article in doing my research for the game preview that we're going to get to in a minute that Eli benched himself because McAdoo came to him and wanted him to start, but then wanted to put the other quarterback in. He wanted uh, he, he wanted, wanted Eli keep... yeah he wanted Eli to play the first half, and I think it was Geno Smith he wanted to play in the second half. Geno Smith. It might have been somebody else. I can't remember, but. Eli said no and benched himself. So he had the opportunity to keep his streak going, and he chose not to. And he got that coach fired for that. A lot of good is done. We'll get to more Eli in a minute. Shaq Barrett now ranks second in the NFL and first among all NFC players for sacks. He's got four sacks through week two. I could have swore he had four and a half, but the leader has five, and that is somebody I can't remember who it is. It'll come to you. Let me put on my thinking cap. Um, this is how I think. Um, Let's just say you can't hear him typing on the microphone. <laughs> it just popped into my head. It's Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns. I watched that game last night. Boy, what a crappy game that was. It was Talk about uh, Battle of the Have-Nots. Those Jets uniforms. Yeah, you pointed it out to me that they look too college-y. Yeah, they look like college. And it never dawned on me. I've heard people say that, you know, like about our uniforms and stuff. And it never dawned on me exactly what that meant. But last night, looking at them, I was like, yes. You know, against Cleveland Browns. Because Cleveland Browns, you got that old school look to them. I was like, I see it now. I see what people talk about. You know, whether you... And I even was... That day, there was an article about... The ref's blowing a call, and the article had a picture and a thumbnail, and I thought it was the NFL. So I clicked on it to read it, and it was college. Because on the, the thumbnail picture, it looked like two NFL teams, but when it, I clicked on it and it blew up, it was two college teams. And I was like, oh, damn, college and NFL start looking alike. And it's because all these NFL teams are doing these college-looking uniforms like us. But yeah, that why were they wearing black? I know that was, I think that was the weirdest part of it for me was that they've always been white and green mm-hmm. and now they're using black and green. Yeah, I mean black's not a primary color for them. I mean I think their colors are gray or silver, white, green, black. Uh, but I mean black's not anything they've ever worn before. Right. So it was very strange. It just looked looking. weird. I did like the color of their helmets. Yeah, they look like what did you say? You said the Jaguars. Was it the Jaguars you said they look like? No, the Panthers look like pa- the Jaguars. The Panthers, that's right. That color was off. Mm-hmm. It looked weird. Yeah, it wasn't baby blue anymore. It's uh. Yeah, it had a more teal look to it. Mm-hmm. Still ugly. The only thing they could do to make their team any better is just become Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear Caleb Beninock got a job? With the Patriots. Super Bowl ring incoming for Caleb Beninock. He's going to rub it in all of our faces. If that doesn't infuriate Bucks fans, I don't know what will. <laughs> He'll be riding the bench. Winning a Super Bowl. I think it would piss fans off more if he started <laughs> and then won a Super Bowl. Belichick puts him in next week. He plays the rest of the year. <laughs> he plays outstanding. Crazy. Deshaun Jackson got a hamstring issue. He's going to be out 
couple weeks. Yeah. Speaking of which, that Atlanta game, Atlanta was beating the crap out of the Eagles. Yeah, it took like five, six of their players out. I went to bed probably around 10, 30, 11, and I think five players by that point had gone out for injuries. It seemed like every play there was a guy being carted off the field. They were. Atlanta, their defense was hidden. Maybe it was a battle of the birds, and they just were like, we want this. This bird trophy or Who's something. Who's the better bird? That's a trick question. They're both terrible. <laughs> Stupid birds. <laughs> Molly hates birds. We talked about this last time. Well, I have to bring it up every time we talk about it. I just remembered. Well, I didn't just remember. I listened to the podcast earlier, so <laughs> we had that discussion. Anyway, Atlanta looks way better than I thought they were going to. Everyone was giving Matt Ryan a hard time about his five interceptions, which that's kind of warranted. But that defense looks way better than it did last year. Dirk Cutter's back there, too. I mean, they're doing a lot of deep stuff. Which is probably why Matt Ryan threw five interceptions. Probably. But I think they might be more more difficult than we gave them credit for at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I hadn't really paid much attention to them this offseason. We were too busy hating on the Panthers. <laughs> kind of consumed a lot of our time. And worried about the Saints. Now yeah. we're not that worried about the Saints. Yeah. Worried about the Falcons. Buccaneers are celebrating the NFL's 100th season with a fantennial weekend. Billy Ray Cyrus is going to put on a concert at Tradewinds on St. Pete Beach on Saturday. And then Friday night, there's going to be a Bucks Beach Bash at the same place featuring Pirate Flag, who's the premier Kenny Chinny, Kenny Chesney, (laughs) Kenny Chinny, Kenny Chinny, Kenny Chesney tribute band in the United States. That's a thing. I remember when Kenny Chesney came out. You're old. I know. <laughs> now there's tribute bands to him. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to him on the classics. I guess probably. So that's a fun thing to do. That's this Saturday? Yeah. Pirate Flag plays on Friday. And then Billy Ray Cyrus. All right. That's Saturday. at St. Pete's Beach. I wonder Trade if Lil Nas X is going to be there and have a duet with Billy Ray. I'm going to take my horse <laughs> to Old Town Road. A lot of people hate that song. What other the daughter song? doesn't. She loves that song. Every time we get in the car, I want to hear the country, the cowboy song, she calls it. Cowboys. And then we just listen to it over and over. And <laughs> she sits back there and just belts it out. She doesn't know the words, but she tries. <laughs> what is Billy Ray going to sing? He only had that one song, early 90s. The itchy, no. scratchy or something. What was it? <laughs> Achy, breaky heart. Achy, break. That's close enough to itchy no, and scratchy. Uh, that's the Simpsons characters. All right. Let's get back to the books now. Devin White. And Jamel Dean didn't practice during the open portion of practice that was open to the media. So they could have been practicing, but Rick Stroud was saying they were not out there that they saw. And also, DeMar Dodson and Devontae Bond may have been getting the day off, but he was going to ask BA about that. I didn't look into it any further than that. I probably should have just left that part off. (laughs) We don't have an injury report yet that won't come out until... Wednesday, so we'll go over that in more depth Friday. The All-22, that was weird. It was very weird. We had our game Thursday. The All-22 should have been out at least by Saturday. It didn't come out, so I'm all day sitting here Saturday waiting for it to come out. And then Sunday morning before the games, I'm waiting. And then finally, I emailed them, the NFL. I was like, hey, what's going on here? And they said, well, it'll be out by Wednesday at noon at the latest. Well, it came out today or last night. I can't remember. But it was the only one that came out of all the games. And then 
half of the plays were screwed up on all 22. They didn't have them. All the Carolina Panthers offensive plays, it was just a blank screen. So. That's where they were, the refs had screwed up, and so the That's NFL what Molly was said. covering up. <laughs> she said, hashtag cover up. <laughs> but it finally, uh, about a couple hours ago, it all came out. So getting that video ready, we'll talk about it Friday. That's why we're doing the preview of the game today instead of talking about the All-22 review today. So we'll do the All-22 Friday and some more preview of the Giants game coming up. But I've watched the first quarter, a little bit into the second quarter, and I'm not. I was really expecting to see a lot more stuff that you don't catch on the broadcast version. But I'm not really seeing it. Uh, I'm seeing Kappa and Ali Marpet beat the crap out of Gerald McCoy. Twenty-two minutes. <laughs> but other than that, everything pretty much looks about what you expect. Winston looks sharp. Offensive line played well. Good running game. They were opening up some huge holes. That Carolina defense does not have any run stop except for Luke Keekley, which he ended up stopping a lot of these runs. There'd be this huge edge hole, they'd run it back, get ready to go through it, and all of a sudden Keekley would pop up out of nowhere, <laughs> tackle him. It's frustrating. He did have 17 tackles. That's insane. It's just outrageous. He was the only one doing anything. <laughs> they should see if he could throw the ball. I know. He could play offense and defense. He almost had as many tackles as Cam Newton had uncatchable balls. <laughs> he had 15, right? No, he had more tackles than Cam Newton. Okay. Cam Newton trying to keep up with him in that stat. Oh, you think you can tackle? Well, I could throw this ball out of bounds. Well, I'm glad sometimes you watch the on 22 and the Bucks don't look as good on the on 22 as they did during the broadcast. So I'm glad that that's not the case. Normally, when you watch the on 22, you see a totally different game. Yeah. Or at least a very different game. Maybe not totally different. But last week, it was, it, it was really shocking to me and how it matched up with what we thought we saw on the broadcast version. And this week, it's gearing up to be the same way. But then again, like I said, I'm only done the first quarter. We've also watched the broadcast version about five times at least. At least. All right, we got the Giants coming up. Now, me and Molly have watched way too many Giants games this year. That's two. (laughs) (laughs) We've watched two Giants games. And we've watched them both a couple times apiece. I have, anyhow. So we got some thoughts on that. But before, well, let's get to some of the analysis that Molly has done. Well, the big news today was Eli Manning got benched <laughs> for Daniel Jones, their sixth overall pick. Now, this is crazy because we don't know a thing about this Daniel Jones guy. He played... No film on him at all. He did play week one. He threw four passes, completing three of them, totaled 17 yards. I'm not sure why he played... I Googled it, but couldn't come up with anything. They lost that game. That was the Dallas game. They lost that game. They've lost both games. They're right. 2 Yes. We're not to the Bills yet. You need to calm down. <laughs> I just wanted to say it. The Giants are 0-2. <laughs> they lost to Dallas. It was 35-14. Which, so I don't know if they put Daniel Jones in late. They just kind of benched Eli, gave Daniel Jones some reps. That's what I would suspect happened, but I don't know because no one's talking about it. I want to touch on the Dallas game real quick. Now, it looked like Dallas really put a whooping on the Giants, but the Giants played fairly well in that game, but Dallas is playing out of their mind. Dak Prescott, me and you have talked about this on the podcast here. We said behind that offensive line, you could put a monkey in a poodle and they're going to get you know, 150 yards rushing and 300 yards passing. We, we gave no credit to Dak Prescott or Ezekiel Elliott 
you know, or basically like they're just guys. You put anybody back there, they're gonna they're gonna do just as well. But that Dak Prescott this year has been playing phenomenal. His accuracy, especially on the long balls, is it's scary. I mean, these guys, he'll have guys running. They don't break stride or nothing. 50 yards down the field, they don't even have to adjust their route, and the ball just drops right in their hand. I've seen that happen five or six times in the past two weeks, and I'm just like, Jesus. Well, having Amari Cooper helps. This is true, but it's not like, you know, Amari Cooper's making spectacular catches or any of the wide receivers. I mean, it is literally falling right in their hands. They can't help but to catch it. Deshaun Jackson would fit in well there. He would miss it. <laughs> it's been very impressive, though, that Dak Prescott has been playing so well. He's making good decisions, and his accuracy is scary good, especially on the long ball. But like I was saying, the Giants played well in that game. Yeah, they were statistically pretty evenly matched. The Giants had, this is outrageous, 470 yards total. The Cowboys had 494. It's almost 1,000 yards. In a game. It was crazy. The Giants' defense allowed 405 yards passing, 89 yards rushing. Dak Prescott had a 158.3 rating Good grief. for the game. Eli didn't do that bad either. He went 30 for four, uh, 44 for 306 yards and a touchdown. He had a 95.5 rating. So the Giants had three fumbles. They lost two of them. We know turnovers can really impact a game. So I suspect maybe that was part of the problem. Saquon Barkley averaged 10.9 yards a carry. That's insane. He's going to be a tough one, man. He's a big guy. He runs with power. They asked about Saquon Barkley today based on us beating Christian McCaffrey. Two different beasts. Two different beasts. And that's what B.A. said. He said the two backs are on completely different planets and that Barkley's bigger, bigger, stronger, and faster. Truth. Week two against the Buffalo Bills, Eli didn't do as well. He went 26 of 45 for 250 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. He had a 62.3 rating for that game. And in this game, their defense gave up 388 yards. 237 yards passing, 151 rushing, and they lost 28 to 14. Saquon Barkley only averaged 5.9 yards a carry. <laughs> only. <laughs> only. Well, compared to a 10.9, yeah. that's ridiculous. Yeah, in that Buffalo game, it, Eli just looked like crap. Like, he was all over the place. I can understand why they benched him because he just looked like crap. Well, this is their sixth time in seven seasons starting the season 0-2. So the last seven years, they've started 0-2 six times. Wow. I'd say seven years is a pretty long time to give him a second chance. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lot of second chances in there. Their defense is a weak point, obviously. Yeah, their secondary seems to be really weak. Their, Their front seven, not so much. Their biggest strength, though, I would say, is their offensive line. It looks really solid. Our guys on the front, our defensive front, is really going to have to uh, be up for this game. Yeah, we watched the Dallas game together, and I was a little worried after watching that because they looked better than I thought they were. Looking at the score, you can't really tell that, but they played pretty well. The Buffalo game, on the other hand, was not great. They've had receiving issue, receiver issues. So 
Sterling Shepard had a broken thumb over the summer. He was recovered, but he missed the entire preseason. Then in week one, he suffered a concussion, but then they sent him back in anyway. And so the NFL PA and the NFL opened an investigation into that. He didn't play week two. So he's one of their starters. They signed Golden Tate after OBJ left, but Tate is going to miss the first four games due to a suspension for PEDs, so we don't have to worry about him. It was just Adderall. He got his uh, prescription mixed up. It got contaminated at the drugstore. I'm sure that's what happened. No question. I'm sure. He's got ADHD. Corey Coleman, a former first-round pick that they signed last fall, tore his ACL, and he's out the entire season. Their 2019 fifth-round pick, Darius Slayton, Missed the start of the season with a hamstring injury, but he's currently at the bottom of the depth chart, so it doesn't really matter anyway. So they've got six receivers on their depth chart. Seven. Their starting receivers are Benny Fowler, Sterling Shepard. Is he going to play? I don't know. We'll know more with the injury report. Russell Shepard. they got two Shepherds. That's not confusing. Especially for all the sheep. Cody Latimer, Cody Core. they got two Cody's, two Shepherds. Darius Slayton and T.J. Jones. Have you heard of any of those people? Russell Shepard, Sterling Shepard. Didn't we have one of these Shepherds? Yeah. I think Russell. Yeah, he played with us in 2013 and so forth and so on. I'm bummed that JPP isn't playing this game. I know. Get a little bit of revenge. Yes, when we watched that Dallas game, I was going to revise my prediction with the Bucks giants game. But then after watching the Buffaloes, Buffalo game. I was like, ah, no, we're going to beat these guys. And now that they're taking Eli out and putting... Yeah, they beat the Giants with Josh Allen. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it wasn't even close either. 28 to 14. No, Eli looked like crap in that game. But like I said, their offensive line is really good. And... uh, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley. Yeah, he's going to be a handful. You hold him to 80 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) Hey, maybe we could do the same to him that we did to McCaffrey. I think we could. It'd be awesome. If we did, everybody. I mean, we've risen up in these power rankings, these stupid things where all the talking heads get around and give their opinions on crap. We've shot up. I mean, we're we're way up top now compared to where we were. when We started off at like 30th, but after these past two games and not giving up too many points, only one touchdown in two games, if we go into the Giants, put a squash on Shaquan Barkley and win this game, everybody's going to be talking about the Bucks. I've heard comments on Twitter from the national commentators where they're saying this is a perfect game for Daniel Jones to get his NFL debut. (laughs) I'm like, you people don't watch us. They don't. They don't watch football. I'm telling you. There's no way these people watch football. They don't know. Everybody's still thinking we're the Bucs from last year, the Bucs defense from last year. They do. I've heard them say things like, Quan Alexander is going to have a good game for the Bucks. Oh, no. Or no, seriously, or JPP is going, you know, and you're like, you idiots are not even with the team. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, I understand. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot for these guys to keep track of and everything. And in order to watch these games, I mean, e- even if you just watch the broadcast version, the condensed version, that's a half hour. You got 16 games a week. That's eight hours. I'm just sitting there watching football. And if you take notes and you rewind and all that good stuff, you're talking, it's a good two days of just solid watching football. And that's not game film. I mean, if you watch coaches film, there's no way these guys can watch coaches film in a week of more than three teams, four teams maybe. They do notes. This can't be done. So 
I think most of them are just like, I screw it. I'm making a crap ton of money just for people to hear me talk. I've been wrong ever since I've joined this crew. I ain't going <laughs> to work hard at this. They just get on there and they just run their damn mouths. Drives me crazy. I stopped watching them years ago. When the NFL Network came out, I was so excited. I'm thinking, oh my gosh, you know, it's going to be football analysis. They're going to show old games. And they've got this back catalog. They could they could show football 24 hours a day, seven days a week for a complete year, and you'd never see the same game twice. But what they chose to do is hire a bunch of ex-football players to sit around and just opine about their glory days and give their opinion on football. That's all it is. That's all it is. I stopped watching that stuff years ago. ESPN stopped watching it a long time ago. My God. About the time NFL Network came out. Because I don't care about any other sports. <laughs> but it's just, it's ridiculous. I used to like Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge and Jaworski had the, I can't remember the name of the show. I think it was on ESPN, where they would, would do film breakdown. That was great. You just don't get that anymore. It's like nobody wants to learn anything. Everybody just wants to have opinions and then get mad about stuff. I used to watch HBO's Inside the NFL, like clockwork. It was a religion to me. It was a, this was back before you had access to so much football. You know, I mean, HBO's Inside the NFL was about the only show you could get where you they they talk football. They show highlights of the game, then they'd sit around and talk about what just happened or whatever. That was good, but then they got like crap. I don't even know if they're around anymore. I know they switched to like Showtime. They went from HBO to Showtime. Now, last I looked, I think they were on like some podunk channel at three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah. I don't listen to these guys. Never do. I couldn't even tell you who the talking heads are anymore. I hate even watching the national broadcast. A lot of times I prefer to turn the sound off and just listen to music or something. I listen to them, so I have something to complain about. You do. You sit there and complain. So I do, too. Or we make fun of them. Chris Collinsworth, especially. Especially Chris Collinsworth. We're always telling the TV to shut up. Oh, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're dumb, Chris. Well, it was like with the Buccaneers game with the Carolina. All they did was blow smoke up Carolina's butt the whole game until like the fourth quarter when we were just beating a mess out of them. They hadn't had the lead yet. We had <laughs> shut McCaffrey down. Cam Newton looked like a handicapped octopus out there throwing balls all over the damn place. And they were still just talking them up, talking about how great they were. Cam is just not himself tonight. Yeah, they, and I'm like, no, this is exactly, this is, Cam is no different than he's been since he's been in the NFL. Y'all are just now noticing it. But yeah, then they started talking decent about us, like in the middle of the fourth quarter. But then the the after show, and we talked about this on the podcast, all they did was they talked about the Panthers the whole time. What's wrong with Cam Newton? Didn't give us no credit. And then I think you pointed that out to me on NFL.com. They had a highlight of Jerry McCoy getting a tackle or something. A dance for No, it was in my fantasy football app, I guess, because I had Rojo on my bench. Uh, so it had a highlight of Gerald McCoy tackling Rojo, like one of his four tackles. That might have been his one solo tackle. <laughs> I was like, really? So what's your prediction for the game? You've been wrong twice now. What? Yep. I'm going to go with, maybe, should I pick against the Bucks so I'll be wrong again? You do what you want. Do whatever <laughs> you want to do. Just kidding. 28 to 9. 28-9. Buccaneers. Bucks. Yeah. I'm going to go with 32-14. You think they're going to score two touchdowns? Yeah. Or is that four field goals and a safety? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> I'm going with three field goals. Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> so this is the last home game we have until, like, November? Yeah. Is that right? 
And this is the Ring of Honor game where Ronde is getting inducted. Oh, man. I know. Wish we could go. All right. So uh, all you fans out there, go fill that stadium up. Do it for Ronde. Do it for Ronde. This is Brothers Team. That's right. I wonder if they'll be announcing together. And I think Ronde might be the last of the the crew from the Super Bowl thing to be honored. This is it. Ain't no more Ring of Honor stuff coming up for a long time. Let's... Until Jeremy McCoy retires. <laughs> if, he, if he gets in that ring of honor, I'm going to write a strongly worded letter. <laughs> you got to at least get, have one playoff game. Everybody, but he's got six Pro Bowls. I don't think you understand. <laughs> All pro. He's got... He's only 54 got, he only, and a half sacks. He's got some good individual accolades, I guess. But, <laughs> I mean, if he were to climb Mount Everest, I don't think he should be in the ring of honor for that either. It's a team sport. There's no I in team. I don't think he heard me. He had six Pro Bowls. <laughs> well, he, he, uh, everybody in the Ring of Honor at Raymond James Stadium went to the playoffs with the Bucks. So to me, that's like the bar, the low bar. You got to do that at least. Are you sure that's true? I'm positive it's true. Do you hear Jameis raised a couple hundred thousand dollars at his A Night to Achieve Dreams event, the charity event? Uh, Mike Evans, Donovan Smith, Bruce Arians, a bunch of guys showed up. Donated some money. Something for impoverished youth or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's his foundation. There was a picture of all the players with their wives all dressed up and everything. It was a pretty neat picture. Oh. Yeah. Mark Cook from Peter Report went. Him and his girl. They posted a picture on Twitter with Jameis. And then did you see Thomas Bassinger, one of the analytics guys, sports guys. He he supposedly writes about the Buccaneers, but he, he hates the team. He's a, what, Eagles fan? I don't remember. But, I mean, he hates the Buccaneers. I, I don't know. I guess they want to, the Tampa Bay Times want to give an appearance of unbiasedness so they don't hire homers, I guess, is their philosophy behind that. I don't know. I don't know. But the guy hates the Buccaneers. But he, he did a tweet. He said, in all caps, he said, You guys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in first place in the division. Parade Tuesday at 11 a.m. This is all in caps. It's like, dude. Definitely tongue-in-cheek, making fun of everyone who's excited about the Bucks right. being in top place. Just he, let us have it, dude. He crapped all over the Bucks in the offseason, crapped on them in the preseason, and he's going to crap on them all in the preseason. You know, that, that's what I, we talked about this about in the preseason. That's the time to have hope. That's the fun part about it. It's boring. Preseason's boring. You know, offseason and all that. That's when you get the hope and you get all excited and all that. If you can't have hope then, when are you going to have hope? And these guys try to crap on that. And here we are, top of the division. They They're, earned it. We should be excited. I know, right? They want to crap on that, too. I think negativity gets clicks or I mean, attention. Let's say attention, whether it's negative or positive attention. Well, this guy obviously thinks he knows everything about everything. He's definitely got a uh, messiah complex. I mean, he posts all the time where he says, if you want to know about real football, follow me or some crap like that. And... You know, he predicted that Jameis Winston is going to have a crap ton of turnovers. And after the first game, he was just like frothing at the mouth happy. I wonder if he retweets those articles whenever he's wrong. No. What are you talking about? He's never wrong. <laughs> those articles just disappear. <laughs> they get they get black holed. There is one guy like from the Tampa Bay Times, Eduardo Lucina. He's new, isn't he? He's new. Yeah, and he... he was just on the Rick Stroud podcast a couple episodes ago. I liked him. He's more positive. They'll probably beat that out of him. That's what I was going to say. He hasn't been there long enough for them to beat him with their typewriters yet. That's how you know you're old when you say typewriters. I don't even know what that is. 
beat them with their Morse code machines. What was this thing <laughs> called? I don't know. We'll just stick with Morse code machines. That'll be a good fact check. Follow up. <laughs> All righty, guys. That's going to wrap it up for us. Positive vibes. We're going to beat the uh, Giants. Can't sleep on them, though. They've got some talent. Got a good offensive line. Good running back. Relatively decent front seven on their defense. You know, I am not as upset about losing to San Francisco because they beat the mess out of Cincinnati week two, too. They're, They're two, two and oh. They are. How crazy is They that? look a lot better than we thought they were going to. So I don't feel as bad about losing to them. I'll feel bad about losing to the Giants for sure. Giants is a game we should win, but of course Giants fans are saying the same thing about us. <laughs> but that's because Giants fans are idiots. <laughs> they don't know a thing about football. They just listen to the ESPN and NFL Network talking heads who still think JPP's playing for us. Quan <laughs> Alexander was going to have a good game. Uh, we'll probably get more into the keys to the game Friday, but I would say that uh, our linebackers are going to have to play really good. Don't know if Devin White's going to be playing Sunday or not. If not, I'm not too worried about it because I think Kevin Minter is definitely good enough to play. So anyhow, yeah, uh, go fill the stadium up. Invite your friends. Bring along some homeless people, whatever you need to do. Fill that stadium up. Don't let a bunch of Giants fans be in there and be louder than us. But until next time, go Bucks. <laughs>